It's December 20th. It is a wintry morning in New York on the last day of fall officially. We have one more day of less daylight and then things will turn around. And this is the Popular Cast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka. We have a brand new theme today Popular Cast music courtesy of Max Skokaho. Let's see. Today's paper has a screaming headline on the New York Times House panel urges U.S. to prosecute Trump spread across the front great big image of the house January 6th panel. I guess it's giant news. It was sort of a weirdly quiet moment yesterday. It didn't feel like the whole world stopped to watch the hearing, although I did watch it and it was over fast enough that C-SPAN's annoying timeout feature didn't kick in. Anyway, yes, so the house made a criminal referral or a set of criminal referrals for what seemed like crimes. Action against an ex-president is a first, the lead news story says, and well, Sure. Lots of things here are a first. The accompanying news analysis says, this time power of TV eroded his image. The argument here is, as the summer and the House January 6th committee's hearings began, former President Donald J. Trump was still a towering figure in Republican politics, able to pick winners in primary contests and force candidates to submit to a litmus test of denialism about his loss in the 2020 election. Six months later, Mr. Trump is significantly diminished, a shrunken presence on the political landscape. That passage appears on the front page of the paper, right next to the part of the picture that has soon-to-be former Representative Liz Cheney in it. I keep hammering on this, but it seems strange to me that all the narratives of Trump's downfall tend to leave out the fact that he's already swept clean the party of the people who actually did anything to oppose him. But the story here is supposed to be that TV was his downfall, that the House committee was able to tell the story of his efforts to overturn the election in a compelling and accessible way. Guided by a veteran television executive, the committee sprinkled the story with moments that stayed in the public consciousness. Mr. Trump throwing his lunch in anger against the wall of the dining room just off the Oval Office to a claim that he lunged at a Secret Service agent driving his car when he was denied his desire to join the supporters of the Capitol. There's something strange here about the whole question of what constitutes a major political event or news event and who has the power to make it so. This is a situation that the Times loves because someone official has made a declaration and therefore the declaration is the news and they can just go ahead and report it. The House doesn't actually have any power to refer charges. Trump isn't any more of a criminal today than he was yesterday. Their conclusions weren't at all surprising. If you saw what happened on January 6th or followed any of the coverage that came after, somehow it's official now. Therefore, it gets the screaming headline. You can see different stages of this process at work elsewhere in the paper. On A12 and A13, the Times blew out two whole pages for Inside Mar-a-Lago, where thousands partied near secret files. A Times investigation shows how Donald J. Trump stored classified documents in the high-traffic areas of the property. So here's another Trump scandal. There may even be more new information in this one, but the Times is the one currently watchdogging it or pushing it along, and so they didn't even mention it on the front page. This is also maybe just part of the incoherence of being the part digital, part paper, a media property. I'm sure that this has some sort of interactive presentation online that's a real grabber. But there's no mention of it on the front of the page because the house is in the foreground. And then coming at it from yet another side, on A16, there's a story about release of Trump's returns could forever alter taxpayer privacy, which is handling the question of whether the house is going to release Trump's tax returns as a matter of political warfare, basically. The formal release of Mr. Trump's tax records would represent both a significant act of transparency and what some fear is the end of an era of taxpayer privacy. 
It would also raise questions about whether, in this case, Democrats on the House committee created a pretext for using their power as a political weapon against an opponent. If they get revealed, it seems to me they ought to have a pretty good reason for why that's in the public interest, said John Koskinen, who served as IRS commissioner in the Obama and Trump administrations. It's a dangerous precedent. Well, is it a dangerous precedent? Is there a pretty good reason for why it's in the public interest? Earlier in the piece, the story had already noted several years of tax return data obtained by the New York Times showed that Mr. Trump paid scant income taxes over the years and detailed the financial struggles of his properties. It's a strange piece of positioning here for the paper to be making the claim that maybe you shouldn't know the thing that the paper also wanted you to know. The watchdog is watchdogging the people who are watching the thing that the watchdog was previously watching. Maybe just see what's in the tax returns and whether there's something worth seeing or not. But this preemptive hand-wringing seems bizarre. Anyway, have a great day. We'll talk again.